Welcome to DBPA, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch. Hello, and welcome to our episode today titled A Thorn in Morlow's Side. Yes. <laughs> uh, today, we're talking about. Um, <laughs> We have our wine, Thorn, which is a Merlot by the Prisoner Wine Company. This is actually um, the you second. You like the play on words. Yeah. <laughs> the second wine we have featured from the Prisoner Wine Company. Mm-hmm. Um, and our topic today is um, we're talking about Sideways, the movie, and what that did to the Merlot industry uh, in the United States. Yeah, it's pretty fascinating. I'm going to mention that we're going to talk a little bit more about what happens in the movie to some extent, and there might be a little bit of a spoiler. So if you haven't seen the movie... It's really good. It's actually really good acting. <laughs> you should. And it is actually really good. Yeah, and um, I, I read that they're actually drinking real wine like throughout that's, the I film. Mean, that's amazing. That's a lot of wine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's actually, it is a good movie, as you said. Um, but there yeah. are some some minute details that I think in this independent film that, you know, people might not pick up on. Well, too. it became very popular and it's one of, I think, the most notable wine movies in the but past. But it came out in 2004. In 2004. It came out in 2004, yeah. So, it was based I mean, on it's a been book. a while. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's been a while, but it really did have an impact on the wine industry. So it's quite interesting. Interesting, And I think just now we're seeing a little bit of a, of a turnaround. So before we get too much into it, I'm going to pop that open. bottle. Yeah. I have been actually looking it's at It's a this. beautiful label. It's, um, we obviously, obviously we go a lot off labels, um, for this podcast when we have our wine selections. Don't judge a book by its cover. No, absolutely not. But (laughs) for the purposes of our pairings, I mean, it has worked out very well. That was very nice. Thank you. Isn't that a nifty little wine opener? Uh, It's actually really easy to use. I have a nice little portable wine opener. Okay. a magnet, too. Oh, that's beautiful. (gasps) Wow. I like that a lot. It is really pretty. So the color is very deep. Yes. Deep, deep ruby red. I was just going to say mean, that's like, definitely whoa. more ruby. And I, I got to be honest, I think I fell into this whole Merlot thing, and I haven't I haven't drank too much Merlot. So. You fell into the trap? The I sideways I fell into trap? the sideways trap. Oh. Cheers. All right, cheers. Uh, Ooh, that's. It's pretty good. I am. A, I'm digging our, the temperature. Yeah. And B, I, yeah, this is a. Uh, this is actually really nice. I sound surprised, even though we're talking about Merlot and like I know. sideways like ruined it. But anyway, so actually, let's talk a little bit about Merlot before we get into the movie itself, um, and before we, and then we'll talk a little bit about Thorn itself. On a previous episode, we discussed about Cabernet being the number one leading grape in the right. entire world, right? right? Well, Merlot is actually the second leading red grape. Seriously? Yeah. Oh. And I th- right? I'm pretty yeah. And it's actually what's interesting too is that in some places, some regions, not just states, um in some regions it's actually more widely planted than cabernet. Okay. But merlot is one of those varietals that similar to cab 
is a, is a bolder red, but it also, it can be right by itself. You know, it's a single varietal Mm -hmm. or it can be a blending grape. Um, so, you know, it sort of serves multi-purposes and, um, I think that's, I think that's probably part of the appeal too. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. So a little bit about the background of Merlot. It's actually, um, of the, a French grape Mm -hmm. and the, it's the French name for the blackbird. And that's probably a reference to the color. So that makes sense on what we're looking at in our glass here, because I would say that it looks very blackberry. It's very deep for sure. And I think, so the, the grape itself is like a black skinned grape. Yeah. The blackbird sort of reference. And is the French word, it's like Merlau? M-E-R-L-A-U? No, I I think it's Merle. M-E-R-L-E. Oh. Yeah. So, um, so it's a very soft and fleshy grape, um, and like you said, very popular for blending with uh, f- with other yeah. other grapes, just like Cabernet is. Um, and it is also higher in tannins. So I know that I feel like between the Cab and Merlot, those are some of the two most popular blending grapes. Yeah, for, as far as reds go, for yeah. sure. Um, this is a little more fruity than a Mer- than a Cab, mm-hmm. and has a little bit less tannins, and usually is a cheaper wine than Cabernet. But it's a little cheaper, and I think this is going to get into it because of, uh, it's a supply and demand situation to some extent, Mm -hmm. and and also, you know, there was a huge demand for it, and then I think everyone sort of jumped on that bandwagon, and then prices had to drop because it was, there was just too much. They just had to sell it all. Yeah. So, also, I think that Cab is a more easy drinking wine by itself. Where Merlot yeah. is tends to be better when you pair it with food. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Cab is something you just sit sit back and enjoy, and yeah. you enjoy the complexity of Merlot. Doesn't always have that complexity, but usually tastes really good with food. It's complemented really well. Yeah. Um, what are some of the good food pairings? Yeah. So like anything with bacon, it's kind of got that smoky <gasps> taste at the end. I mean, but bacon anything goes with well bacon. with anything, right? Um, and so then, <laughs> therefore, Merlot should also go well with pretty much anything. I feel like bacon's so hot right now. <laughs> bacon wrapped dates, you know, those are some of my favorite. That would go really well with this because that smoky sweet, I mm-hmm. think, is exactly how this wine is. And what's funny about this wine, I mean, in tasting this particular wine, I'd say that it's definitely, fru- it's definitely fruitier. It, the tannins are present but not it's not as sticky it's it's a smooth at the end it's smoother but it also i it i'm gonna say it's slightly sweet but it's not like sugary sweet not like you're drinking like white zen or like something like that but there's like some like softer sweeter nature to it without it being like i hate sweet wine but without it being that yeah. And so I can see how it pairs well and balances with that sweet and smoky or sweet and, sweet another, and spicy maybe? Another good one would be like prosciutto wrapped melon. Oh, God. That sounds so, so good. So like if you're having a um, cocktail party and you want Merlot and you're looking for appetizers like bacon mm. wrapped dates or prosciutto wrapped melon, those are all really good finger foods that would pair really well with this. And obviously, you know, cheeses... Um, but nothing too strong because, like, a blue cheese would probably overpower it. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but, like, some of your more mild cheeses would do really well with this. Um, like, probably, like, some sort of white 
cheddar, not like overly aged or sharp. This is an interesting note. So fruitier Merlots pair well with mushroom-based dishes and shellfish. Okay. Which is interesting because, you know, you tend to think more so with like the whites for your for your shellfish, mm-hmm. for fish dishes, which is the quote-unquote old-school rule, but I don't think that we need to follow that anymore because I think it's just old news. This actually sounds really good. This could probably go well with, ooh, I'm thinking like a nice like scallop dish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I see the mushroom thing big time with mm-hmm. this. Um, and then the, the thing it says, maybe you don't want to pair it too much with a spicy food or anything that can overpower it because it's not a like a really deep wine yeah so those flavors can be too much for this i think so i you want to kind of complement yeah. it and not overpower it so spicy food and like those strong blue cheeses and you know maybe like a gorgonzola might be too much but that could be too much for sure yeah but i i really do think the you know how much i love mushrooms i know <laughs> i'm like Sarah, like always orders like could i have mushrooms on the side yeah. Oh, or that warm mushroom salad. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Grilled. And, like, I like mushrooms on my pizza. Mm, Actually, yes. I think this would go really well with pizza. Oh, for sure. This is a great As long as wine. you don't have one of those, like, spice. Like, there's a, back in my hometown, there's a place that has, like, a little bit spicier sauce that they put on their pizza automatically. There's, like, uh-huh. no option. That could probably be detrimental to what your Merlot is going to produce for you. So... Ooh, but there are also pizza places that have like a sweeter sauce. So that, oh, that could be interesting. Pine like pineapple. If if I'm like planning my dinner tonight, <laughs> we're talking. <laughs> if you're a pineapple on the pizza fan, I know that's like a really polarizing kind of view. What like the Hawaiian pizzas? Yeah, like some people are Canadian like all for it, and some people? people yeah. Like if you had a, a Hawaiian pizza, this would go great with it. If you're into it, again, some people are like, that's not pizza. That's like oh shit. Obviously, no, you know how I feel about it. Shown herself. <laughs> I've shown my true colors. Um, oh my God, that's amazing. Okay. Um, yeah, very, very cool. Let's talk a little bit about this Thorn, though. So, Prisoner Wine Company, right? So, we've, we've talked about Prisoner Wine Company before with Yeah, Seldom I'm, I'm a big fan two. of their wines. They, for sure. And they I do think. A good job. Um, I think the Prisoner, the namesake itself, is pretty good. I know uh, that that's. That is been my favorite. Is it? Yeah. Your absolute favorite? Oh, no, my favorite of their wines. But, yeah. (laughs) But I would say it's probably in my top ten. Okay. Yeah. And that's a blend, isn't it? That is a blend, yes. But, I mean, I don't... (sighs) We'll do it. I love it so much that we will probably have to have an episode on it at some point. I'm sure at some point we'll cover all of their wines. Yeah, but... um, How much did this one cost you? Because I know Prisoner is a pretty expensive wine. Yeah. So, how much did... So, you know me. I'm looking at those sales, girl. Let me just tell you, if you need a good wine sale, you need to go to the store with Sarah. (laughs) Because somehow, she manages to find, like, these bottles that are, have a very, a much higher price tag than some that we would typically... I'm a bargain shopper, dude. Yes! But this is It's in my blood, man. What, what did you pay for this? (laughs) So, I think I paid, like... 20 ish dollars for this, and it's actually like a f- almost 40 40 ish dollar bottle of wine. Like, so usually. it's close to the prisoner cost, yeah. yeah. Most of their wine is around that. I mean, Saldo was closer like, to 30, I think. Saldo's like, I think it's like a 35 or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, they're they're kind of in that price range, and I think I got this on sale for like 22. Oh my gosh, I don't know. 
Well, it's definitely, I mean, it's definitely a winner in the glass and in the bottle. I mean, the, the label's really cool. I'd like to know um, the background. Who designed it? it? Who designed it? Um, oh. <laughs> so I just looked at our wine label. It looks like it's bleeding. He's crying bloody tears. Yeah. Jesus. He it cries tears like of crucif- blood. It's like Jesus on the crucifix. <laughs> That's actually really, this is now turning into a much more disturbing uh, yeah. label. Sarah's going to snap a photo. We're going to post it on Facebook yeah, and Instagram and whatever. But, um, <laughs> that is so funny. Kind of scary. I was just turning the bottle around guys. <laughs> I was like, what? So it almost like, it looks like, it looks like chaos, right? Yeah. Um, and one thing from their website and I, I mean, I'm just going to read the brief description. It says, from Prisoner Wine Company, You don't know what it wants, and you've underestimated its character, but you can feel it watching your every move. A cunning presence lingers like a thorn in your side. It isn't going anywhere. Oh. You ain't going nowhere. Well. So, there's, like, chaos. It's, like, this underlying thing that's that's always there, and you never know when it's going to, like... Like, pop up, it's like nasty head. But I don't know that I would say, this is not nasty. So no, I it's I very just said good. That. <laughs> it's very good. I, I mean, I get, they describe it as, um, has earthy aromas and mm-hmm. then cocoa, blackberry, cedar, and anise, which is mm-hmm. basically licorice. Um, and it's smooth with flavors of cherry, chocolate, vanilla, and a mild toastiness. So I, I would say I get a good amount of that. I don't know if I get the whole licorice smell. I actually don't. I, I don't, don't feel like I get that. And I I personally am not a fan of black licorice, so um a lot of times though I get I get the licorice on the smell and not the taste. Um but not with this one. I don't get it either. I do get the uh earthiness and the cocoa. Um and a little bit of that. I think I'm picking up the vanilla, and I think that's what tends. That what's what's that's making it be barrels. that slight sweetness. And it says that this wine, this 2014, uh, was aged in a combination of French and Hungarian oak barrels, 30% new. And that that 30% new means that it still has a lot of flavor to impart, right? So it has not been used a couple times. Where every time you use a barrel, the level of impact it's going to have on the wine decreases i think drastically too right so, i think after a couple times it's you're pretty much done and if it's 30 percent new does that mean it's untreated like it's not like a toasted you know how some of them like toast like yeah, the insides of their barrels i don't, I don't know. know maybe um, someone from prisoner wine company could call us and tell us yeah yeah and i mean because we're going to drink all your wines if prisoner <laughs> wine company wants to sponsor us for an episode i mean that would be great too um <laughs> Shameless, shameless plug. Shameless. Shameless ask. Um, but I actually, I do pick up more of the vanilla-y. I think the, it's more like of a black cherry and blackberry, I think, fruit note. And, I mean, maybe a little bit of cocoa. Do you get, like, be. I hate when people do this, but I'm going to do it. Oh, do it, please. Do you get the cigar ash at the end? <laughs> um, have you licked a, an ashtray? I mean, just a little bit of that. Wait, like, no. <laughs> I th- and then you just a little bit licked. An oh ashtray. no, no, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh vomit. Um, on the taste. it's power of persuasion, maybe. Oh god, now you're gonna be like, yes. I don't. Hang on one second. I'm gonna sound slurp this. Okay, while you're doing that, um, mm-hmm. so it, this is 77 percent Merlot, but actually they can call it if you don't see it on the label. On the label, it does say Merlot. Um, because it's over 75%. So they don't have to, to actually call it anything else. Because once a 
uh, wine has more than 75% of a, of a grape, they can call it just that wine and not a blend. And this is, is that just in the U.S.? Because I think that different regions have more strict, especially like when we talk about like right. Italy and France, like with their uh, viticulture, like the mm-hmm. DOC, mm-hmm. DOCG, like those are have very stringent requirements. And I think maybe those levels, that seventy five percent doesn't uh, doesn't uh, follow there. But, okay. Um, but yeah, I this was like shocking to me when we found out that this was actually a blend, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, so twenty three percent is a blend of Malbec and Syrah. Yeah, but it is primarily Merlot, and like I said, they market it as Merlot because it's over that seventy five percent threshold. So, um, so if you look at the label, it doesn't say anything about Malbec or Syrah. That's basically on their website. Ooh, I did just notice it's a fifteen point two percent ABV. Oh, get strapped in, ladies a, and gentlemen. That's a solid. Uh, Solid representation here. Um, all right. So I actually am enjoying this. And to be honest, I think I fell into that Merlot trap. So what exactly happened? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the sideways movie. Okay. <laughs> so this is funny, too. So what's um, the movie about? Okay, first, let's talk about, like, just how Merlot, like, rose to where it was. So I guess in the 90s... Um, 60 Minutes had done something about Merlot, um, about the French Paradox Report, uh, and it created a Merlot wine craze, if you will. It says, sales of Merlot spiked with the grape hitting its peak plantings of over 51,000 acres in 20, 2004. Mm-hmm. And then sideways hit. That thorn. That thorn. That damn that thorn. thorn. Get that thorn out of Merlot's side. So what happened in Sideways, um, and again, it's a book. It was an independent film, so I am curious if it's like our our favorite song films. But like they didn't expect it to do that well, but it has some big names. It's got Paul Giamatti and um, Hayden Christian. Oh, what's his name? Hayden Christian something. In, um, or something Hayden Christian. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Anyway, so they are the two main characters, but you also recognize some of the other characters. And okay. The premise behind Sideways, for those who have not seen it, or maybe Refresher for those who have, is that Miles is an aspiring writer. Uh, he loves to drink wine. And he um, also has sort of, like, fallen... Like, he's been dealt a shitty hand of cards, essentially. And his friend, who, his name is Jack in the movie, played by... Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church. All right. Hayden Christian something is... He was in the Star Wars (laughs) movies, I think. Same thing. Same thing. Same guy. Same guy. No, just kidding. All right, what's his name? Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church, that's it. He played Sandman in uh, some Marvel movie. (laughs) It's weird that I know that. I I, um, I don't again. You never cease to amaze me. <laughs> <laughs> never. Um, so, <laughs> anyways, um, so Jack uh, Thomas's character um, is getting married, and he is his his best friends grew up with Paul Giamatti's character Miles, and wants to do a bachelor trip, okay. and Jack's like, "Yeah, let's go do wine tasting," which okay. is amazing because Jack. 
could basically give two shits about wine. Like, he doesn't know the difference between anything. He's one of those, like, just put it in a glass and I'm going to drink whatever it is. I, I don't care. He does not have a discerning palate, which is fine. Some people don't. That's fine. Um, so, Miles has this whole idea of, like, what's going to happen. And Thomas has a whole, I'm sorry, Jack has a very, very different idea of what's going to happen. This guy just wants to get laid, <laughs> basically, on okay. his bachelor party before he gets married. And a whole list, like, you know, slew of things uh, happens. Um, but what's iconic about this movie is that Miles' character makes this big, huge, grandiose, like, statement about Merlot. Because he's all about fucking Pinot Noir. Okay? I mean, I love me some Pinot. Oh, Absolutely. I mean, I don't love all Pinot, but it's a thinner grape, but whatever. So he loves Pinot Noir. Because it's I, finicky. Because it's finicky. But I, wait, I want to get into that more in a second. But this speech that he basically says about Merlot is priceless. And so uh, we're going to play a little clip for you from... Is it a speech or just a statement? Well, it's a statement, but like it sound, like when you pull it out, it sounds like the best fucking speech ever. Uh, so I'm going to shut up and I'm going to let Sarah play this sh- stuff. Yeah, all right. All right. Oh, but do not sabotage me. Oh, aye, aye, Captain, you got it. And if they want to drink Merlot, we're drinking Merlot. No, if anybody orders Merlot, I'm leaving. I am not drinking any fucking Merlot! Okay, okay, <laughs> relax, Miles. Jesus, no Merlot. <laughs> Sarah's just watching it now. I want you passing out and going to the dark side. No, the going to the dark side. Okay. I was about the Xanax. Yeah, sorry. I was laughing over that. Uh, um, so he says he's not drinking any fucking Merlot. So he, that statement essentially is the fucking thorn in Merlot's side because that statement was like, wait, what? I shouldn't be drinking Merlot. And let's consider that from like the 1990s, like 60 Minutes uh, report that talked that like helped Merlot rise to you know its individual fame. Mm-hmm. That is a different. That was a different generation of wine drinkers. In you 2004, know, we have a different generation of wine drinkers. Do you know how many cases Americans drank of Merlot in the 1990s? No, what? Eight hundred thousand. Wait, in the 90s? Yeah. 800,000 cases. 12, yep. cases. 12 bottles in a case. In 2000, it was 20.3 million. <gasps> what? And in 2000... Wait, 20.3 million yeah. cases? Yeah. Holy shit. That's a lot of wine, guys. Mm-hmm. hmm I mean, considering that's one varietal, too, like, holy... I need to get the the big report on, like, overall industry. But yep. Wait, wait, when was that? 20... What is it? 20.3? million in 2000. In 2000? Yeah. Yeah. What's happening today? Well, in 2016, it was 17 million, but that's, it's, it's ramped back up. Okay. So it dropped from, because the movie came out in 2004. Yeah. Um, so 2004 to like, I want to say like, I think it took 10 years almost. Well, Um, yeah. I mean, and I think about, so we found, we found several articles just kind of talking about this topic. They call it the sideways effect. The sideways effect. The thorn. The fucking thorn. Um, so I, in one of the articles from Bloomberg, um, Bloomberg Business, 
says when Sideways came out, um, California growers pulled out more than 10,000 acres of Merlot grapes. And they, they actually, I quote them saying, such is the power of Hollywood. It's I mean, true, like, man. seriously, like, it's pretty amazing how, how heavily influential the public is based on Hollywood. And again, this was an independent film. Like, I, I mean, not to say that nobody wants to find this, like, success with their, their art. Yeah. But at the same time, I bet you that those who made this did not, who turned this into a movie, did not actually think that it was going to have the effect that it did. Now, was it purely sideways effects, or was there more no, than No, no, no. I don't think, no. And there are a lot of people that, uh, Bloomberg and, like, a couple other articles have said that it's, the demise of Merlot is not wholly attributable to sideways coming out. Okay. Um, so I think that, you know, what sort of happened, and this is, I'm going to put my business hat on, but don't mm-hmm. judge me because I don't work in business right now, but I don't have one. I'm going to toss my hat on for a minute and okay. just say, I'm going to listen. Okay. I'm going to pretend to teach. <laughs> um, where's my, I'm going to need to clink a glass. So in the nineties, right? So this, this, um, report came out. Does that, does that give you the effect? That's perfect. <laughs> Everyone listen to Everyone Teacher listen. Jamie. Okay. Professor Jamie is on the podium. Um, so, okay, so in the 1990s, um, there was a huge influx, right? They did this report. Um, I think a lot of people listened to it. A lot of people then um, in the market just went out and tried to find or low. And not to say that it wasn't readily available back in the 90s, but I think that there was a mad dash, if you will. So your demand rose, but the supply was still the same. And so what happened right after that is that a lot of, not just California producers, but I think a lot of producers, probably mostly California, given it was a U.S. film, but um, they just started planting Merlot like crazy. Okay. And I'm not sure if we've talked about it on a previous episode, but usually when you plant vines, it takes a few years for it to actually be, you know, fruitful. And so, and to give you a good yield to like do something good with. Right. My thought is that they probably didn't want to wait. So they probably just took the early fruits and like did something with it and just put something out. So I think that the quality level, and I think others believe this too, the quality level started to go down. Because people just wanted to meet that demand in any way, shape or way, shape or form. I think that the other piece is because everybody went out and tried to plant new Merlot crop, it then essentially oversaturated the market, which uh. then when you have more supply than demand, you have to start to drop the price. It's like a utility curve. Oh my God, my professors would be so proud of me. Um, it's like a utility curve. So as as demand uh, as demand probably decreases, then as supply increases, and mm-hmm. you have to find this like sweet spot for your pricing. Yeah. And so because there was much more supply than demand, in order to get it off the shelves, you know, you gotta kind of drop that price. And I think everyone, you know. Price sensitivity is definitely something that people are aware of. And so I think that they, um, you know, tried to come in low, which also meant that they couldn't, they were going to price their bottles low. They couldn't spend the time doing more of that manual um, process in terms of harvesting and things like that. And so I think it's a huge trickle effect. And I think there's a lot at play, which is why we cannot just attribute the Merlot decline 
to sideways. It definitely tipped it over, though. It de- I think that was the tipping point. I think that was the tipping point. Thank you, Teacher Jamie. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for paying attention. You've been a great student. <laughs> Do I get an E-plus? <laughs> it's just like your book report thing. <laughs> you want a grade? I need yes, a grade. Yes. Sorry, I'm really plus. type A. I Can need I give you an A++? Okay. You have I'll like drink- a 4.2 GPA. I'll drink all my wine. Okay, good. <laughs> That's your reward. <laughs> your extrinsic there we go. motivation. So, um... Wow. Well, that is quite, I mean, that's quite the history lesson, I think. Um, I definitely think that that is kind of sad for Merlot because when done well, it's actually done really well. However, yes, I, you can make it really cheap and boring and just like too simple and too alcoholy. If you well, are just yeah, trying this is to a make it, yeah, if alcohol. you're just trying, but if you're trying to make it cheap and fast, mm-hmm. you can do that. And that's why in the movie, you know, he talks about Pinot Noir basically as like his favorite because it's finicky and it requires the winemaker to really put effort and right. time and it's an art. Well, and, and they have probably, to baby it and yeah. all that stuff. Whereas Merlot, anyone could make it. And so for him... Pinot Noir is this like artistic masterpiece and Merlot is just like it's your average it's job. It's like whatever. No. Wait. You do Merlot right though? Is that true? No. I mean, and I think I think I think that there is probably a stigma on Merlot from certain places, right? So like you said it was from France. And so I think that's where it originated. It's still very widely grown there and and made there Mm -hmm. and I think that that's when you that's you're still gonna find sort of those luxury Merlots out there if if you will I mean anything from France to me seems fancier France (laughs) equals fancy French it up French it up (laughs) (laughs) yes we're gonna French it up French it up but I think that uh, you know I I have a th- I have a theory, and I'm sure that I'm not the first one to say this, but I actually think the reason why in the movie Sideways and book, um, why Miles favors the Pinot Noir is because I actually think he identifies as the Pinot Noir. He's yeah. not your average Joe. He struggles. And there are certain wines, I know we talked about this with our Riesling too, like there are certain wines that need to struggle in order to do well, mm-hmm. right? And I think that, but for him, you know, the, the his his whole story I mentioned before, he's a bit of a sob story, actually. And he's kind of depressing at times in the movie. Oh my god, he's so he's like he takes things to a new low. And with the sad <laughs> wait, the funny slash sad part is that Sean and I actually watch Sideways on our honeymoon. <laughs> oh, sweetie, that does not seem like a very honeymoon type. It was movie. not okay, but so this is actually this is my weird weird situation so like my parents had gotten us a bottle from stag's leap and okay. it was a merlot uh it was a nice bottle it's mm-hmm. actually it's setting up on my my cabinet it was a luxury one it was for sure a luxury one uh it's a stag's leap merlot um i i want to say that they call there it's probably like more like 40 upwards of a bottle for a bottle but so they put they got us this merlot and we brought it with us on our honeymoon and and it was just like a mini sort of pretty low-key local okay. uh, honeymoon that we went on. 
But as it turned out, we were going to do a lot of like outdoor things. And then it started, it was raining a ton. So we were like, okay, like we're fine. Just vegging because wedding planning was so stressful. So the place we were staying at, I'm going to give him a shout out. It's called Canoe Bay, Wisconsin. It was it's a really quaint. You just said Wisconsin, thing. like a true Wisconsinite. I noticed I've started doing that. Yeah. I did not catch it this time though. So okay, it's official. It's official. I don't say big yet, but one day maybe. I I, I don't even know what you're saying when you say. That. <laughs> oh, we yeah no. There are some things that I like have to pause and be like, what? What did this person just say? Okay. Anyway, I digress. This place was stunning, but they had a whole library of a bunch of books. They also had games that you could play and then also a movie movie catalog, basically. And Sideways was one of them. And so Sean's like, oh, I've never seen this. And I was Sounds like, romantic. Okay. I was like, let's watch it. And I actually <laughs> don't know that I'd seen the full movie until then. So we're watching it, right? And we're sitting in our room and we're drinking our wine. And like then there's... Jack's character, who's like just trying to get laid, trying and getting laid, he was succeeding uh, several times. But I was like, this is not a very honeymoony thing, (laughs) considering we just got married. You're like, what did you do on your bachelor party, dude? (laughs) So, but it's funny because. We're watching this movie that is so anti-wedding, basically, and then we're also drinking the wine that. The movie is saying not to drink. But therein lies... Okay, but isn't there an irony there? This is the craziest part. And if you don't want to have the spoiler, if you don't want this, this is your time to fast forward by like, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds. It's 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 like a 14-year-old movie. Give the spoiler. Yeah, I guess it's true. Okay, so at the very end, and we, we recently learned this... At the very end of the movie is this scene where Miles is sitting at some diner, fast food joint, and he's eating, you know, some fast food meal while drinking wine out of a styrofoam cup. First of all, horrible choice in glassware, but whatever. But the whole fucking point is that he's drinking a fucking Merlot, and it is this bottle of wine that from the beginning of the movie, he's talked about this um, uh, Cheval something. Cheval Blanc. Cheval Blanc. It's a 1961 Cheval Blanc. It's his most prized wine. It is his most prized wine. And basically, he is saving it to drink for a special occasion. And, like, you know, it's like... I do that. I do this for other things. I'm like, oh, I'm going to save this for, you know, this thing or whatever. But then I'm like, but what if that doesn't happen? Like, yeah, what if, I've got some of why those. Why don't we just like drink it? And there's actually holidays to drink. Uh, I, there's a holiday in like March, I think, that um, is meant to do just that. Mm-hmm. But the whole fucking crazy thing is that he's got this prize wine and it's a Merlot, which he's been like bad mouthing like the entire movie. Is so it really? it's super, yeah. So it's it's super ironic because like he finds this to be like the best of the best, and actually him and Sandra O oh, like go into some big deal, big like conversation about this particular oh, wine. I forgot she was in that movie. Yeah, it's Grey's Anatomy. She also has like a great sort of monologue piece. Yeah, um, she's not my favorite. I'm not gonna lie, but that's fine. But that's fine. I mean, she's her expressions kind of make me angry sometimes. She was also in Princess Diaries. Okay. She was the principal. Like, oh, oh, you're right. That's true. So this Cheval Blanc is actually a Merlot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, So it's from the, I I found this. (laughs) Oh, the Saints of Million. Yes, yes, yes. The Grand Crew. It's It's like, so it's like a. a This is the luxury Merlot. And it was a 1961. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's a, like, the movie writers must have had like some sort of that's what they were here. saying so this is like like the movie writers themselves i mean there's there are wines featured in the movie that were mentioned in the book by name mm-hmm. but there were also the wine the movie makers were wine people too okay and they like wine they love wine well, right they must have All right right um but they started throwing in some of their favorite things. I am not certain if this is... I, I would imagine that this is actually something that's in the book itself because it's it has such a like an important... like It's sort of like our, 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 our thorn, you know, sort of the underlying chaos. It's like this underlying theme for the whole movie, but you like don't really realize what's happening until the very end. Right. But for movie watchers, like, it's not like they announced that it's a Merlot... No, the you irony. really have to be paying attention. You have to be paying attention. I and would it's never such a know. Quick shot of yeah. like what is happening. It's hilarious, actually. Yeah, so. I know the winemakers had no idea that this was going to be um, that this was actually going to have such a huge effect on the industry. They 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 thought it was some sort of joke. They thought it was a joke. Yes. Wait. So like, what? Like, why would it be a joke? I like. I mean, do you do you think that they really thought it was going to be a joke? No, no, they had no idea that it was even going to have an impact. They were just like, "Oh yeah," they just wanted to make the movie. Yeah, but I actually, I mean, I'm not in Hollywood, but they had big names like back mm-hmm. in the day. Like Paul Giamatti had been around for a while. Yeah, but act, act, you know what though? Sideways is actually what put him on the map. You know, per se, because he had had sort of these like smaller roles, if okay. you will. Okay. In other movies, and I think that because of his portrayal, and you mentioned before, you know, it's great acting. It actually it, is it was really very good. good acting. Um, yeah. And I think it's, you know, in Hollywood, you know, we're used to seeing a lot of, just a lot of portrayals of, like, you know, this unrealistic world, right? It's yeah. an idealistic world. Yeah. But this is, like, a little bit more real, <laughs> you know? It's like, this guy's, like... He got divorced, like, he then oh, finds out that his... Oh, his life is, like, in shambles. Oh, my God, it's so crazy. But he also has this love for wine, and he also has this, sort of, like, this crush on this, like, waitress that he meets she in Napa. She was cute. Oh, yeah. She was super cute. And it's... I really wanted them to get together. I know. Um, so the director was Alexander Payne. Why do I know that name? I'm not sure. I don't. But that was the director of the movie, and, okay. he, and he quoted... In an article in USA Today, that it it was just a joke, and he said it, but it sort of became the equivalent of 1934's "It Happened One Night," when Clark Gable removed his shirt to reveal no undershirt. Reportedly, sales <gasps> of undershirts plummeted, <laughs> and he never predict, predicted that with this film. Obviously, yeah. so that's interesting. Okay, but then there's like a, a shirt cause and effect, but there's also like all these like I mean, there are proven correlations for, like, the craziest shit. And it's like, does that really have an impact, or is it, like, more of, like, a weird coincidence? Like, I I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, you know, it really did have an effect. I mean, I don't know if it, it's a weird coincidence, for sure. They could have said Cabernet. Could have said anything. He, they could have said They could have chosen anything. whatever. But maybe it was, like, what you said. It had already been set up. 
And then this came out. And, it, I mean, the box office hit $72 million. Wow. Yeah, for, for an independent film. That's amazing. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe they could have said anything, but obviously, like, and everyone I think admired this guy as being, like, this this person who knew so much about wine. So if he's not going to drink it, then why would <laughs> yeah. I? Like, like think about that. Like, if you don't know too much about wine and you're watching this movie, you're like, oh, well, I guess. Super And then you go to the store. And you're choosing between but he was talking about Pinot. Merlot, and Pinot. I mean, those are some of the most common wines you see at the store. And you're like, well, I guess I'm not going to get Merlot. Because, like, you just... Because he's not this, drinking any fucking Merlot, this, guys. this important <laughs> wine guy isn't drinking Merlot, and, like, he must know what he's talking about. So yeah. I'm not going to freaking drink it. Yeah, and I think... I mean, again, I do... I mean, there's some common sense to that. To... To the viewer. To the common viewer who goes to the store after watching the movie... Well, yeah, because especially, I mean, it is this, it is this ongoing thing throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not like it's, like, just, like, one brief statement, uh, you know, that happens, like, one time. Like, right. it is mentioned throughout the iteration of yeah. the film. And so it's not something, it's going to have more of a lasting impression than one, like, like a fleeting thought. Yeah. You know? Um, I still think, though, that part of the reason, again, why, you know... Miles really was obsessed, I would totally say, with Pinot Noir is because I think that he actually identified with the Pinot Noir grape because he needed someone to kind of encourage him. He's a crybaby. He he kind of... Are you saying Pinot Noir is a crybaby? No, I love Pinot. <laughs> but he was a crybaby. He was he was basically like you I mean, know the really SNL skit the Debbie movie? Downer shit. Yeah, you watch yeah. that movie sometimes and you're like, oh my god, you're so depressing. Just like perk the fuck up. It is really, I mean, but he also is surrounded himself with shitty ass people. Yeah. And I think Napa was like his sort of like scapegoat. He was like, I'm getting rid of all of the other people in my life that I have basically like not supported me or just like you know, done stupid shit throughout my life. And, like, I'm, like, living a different life out here. And I think he found that comforting. He found that nurture. He found the ability to thrive and really get, like, additional input. And I think that people were not, you know, sometimes it's better to have, like, a third party, like, an unbiased third party. Right. For, like, a sounding board, like, you know, whatever. I think that maybe he felt that he got that in Napa. And I think that maybe Pino, you got to find the right spot. But once you find the right spot, like, I mean, it can do wonders. So, I mean, I don't know. My heart goes out to oh, all of the miles. Jamie, you're so much the miles than is I am. out there. Um, <laughs> but then there's some people who think that it actually saved Merlot. Why did they save it? Why did why? Um, because basically everybody, all the. All the winemakers who didn't really know what they were doing with Merlot and oh. decided to jump on the bandwagon and be like, okay, well, we're, we're just going to plant, gonna plant a stuff. shitload of it. Mm-hmm. They had to pull out. So really, it left only the people who knew what they were doing. And actually, the person who brought this up was... Um, Wait, like because, like, because Merlot sales dropped so they were like oh well we just well we're gonna pull out we're gonna pull out because it's like not worth said, it because it was just we're doing this just because the sales are up so now that sales are down like let's get out of here so yep so that means that the quality probably increased again yeah so again they took out all those bad vineyards yeah and the quality increased 
Um, so have everyone who just made Merlot to just get Merlot and get a piece of the pie and didn't make it well, yeah. were gone. So that left the people who actually knew how to do it. And so, which the, is sad, because then they kind of had to like rebuild their brand, if you will, of Merlot. Yeah, but if you're a real wine person, yeah, that's true. If you're a real, I mean, like a wine drinker. If you're like a really, really serious wine drinker, and you have, like, for example. John Williams is the winemaker and owner of Napa's Frog Leap, and he's mm, where mm-hmm. I was reading this from. And, like, they have a very good Merlot. Or, like, Duckhorn. Yeah. Like, they're known for the... Stag's like, Leap. Yep, Stag's Leap. Like, those are all, like, high-end wines, okay? So, your followers are not going to not drink that. They're still going to be catering yeah. to them. It's, it's That's just good the general point. public who's, like... Uh, who walks into the store, who isn't sure, who sees that Merlot and is like, eh, I don't know. You know. It's actually a really good point. I mean, I, I'm I'm trying to think about... You're right, because anyone who had more of that luxury product, they probably still have a good... Fun- those, those wine drinkers... I mean, it didn't die. Unless they just do it for status and they don't really know anything about wine, maybe they would be persuaded to go... to leave Merlot and go to Pinot, mm-hmm. but... You're right, though. Anyone who really, like, knows wine and is a huge supporter and, you know, are really pleased with these, these higher-end well, wineries. these higher-end wineries have been wa- around for a while, and they yeah, have their they followers. Yeah, but the boutique wineries. I mean, but the, the it's more that mass production. Yeah, you're right. You're it's right. more the mass production. Right. And so, I mean, it didn't go... Chuck. Yep. It didn't go away, you know? It just was unpopular It took a little a nap. It hibernated for a little bit. But now... It's back, people. But now it's there's back. A, there's a wine month. What? I mean, I'm sorry. There's a Merlot month. Oh, wait. October. Yes, October. October is Merlot month. Wait. I love the hashtag Merlot me. Merlot me. <laughs> Devoted to discussions of your favorite Merlots. Um, I, who started that? Why? So I need to I need to actually start expanding my horizon more in the Merlot. Because I think I fell into this whole sideways thing. Yeah, because um, I was like, oh, Merlot is just so bitter. I cannot drink it. It's not bitter. I don't know what the hell Do they grow Merlot about. in Australia? I, I think because, I'm asking because, like, when I first started drinking wine a lot, like, I tended to, like, when I got back from studying abroad, I tended to just buy, like, the uh, Yellowtail and, you know, the Penguin one and, like, mm-hmm. all of, oh, like, the, the Australian one, ones. Yeah. Just because I was like, ooh, I was just there. But I don't know that they had Merlot. So it was probably more like a Shiraz, like, cab. I'm not sure. In terms of reds. Yeah. So maybe that's why I didn't drink a ton of Merlot either. Probably not. Also because my friends probably didn't drink red wine a lot. I was like well, a that weird could, one. That could, be, that could be it, too. I don't know. But... Yeah, if you get a really good Merlot, then, I mean, it's going to be pretty amazing and pretty, it's going to be like matching one of your top cabs. Yeah. So, anyways, it's super interesting. Like, do you feel like, I mean, I guess it's not particularly surprising that Hollywood has, like, that big of an impact, but it's amazing how, like, people, like, go into something not because they really have, like, an agenda, but that they just want to do yeah, something. I mean, like, like, listen, Hollywood social media, like TV, has a you huge what's gonna impact take on the population. You just don't know. I mean, I guess and there's so, market research that you can know, but like, the, to some extent, like, 
it could be just the right person said something at the right time in the right way and had the right audience, mm-hmm. and it just takes off. Well, obviously, so. these uh, filmmakers had no idea. Yeah. Well, but here we kudos are. Kudos to them. Kudos to them for having like a such a huge impact and like doing something. I mean, powerful. Like I probably put more. California on the map too not that it needed a ton of help but like Napa I mean Napa Napa. yeah it was very I mean it's cool it's a good movie for everyone watch Sideways if you haven't seen it watch Sideways but don't be skewed by by drink you know what be ironic and drink a freaking bottle of Merlot while While you're watching it. it I did it. My husband and I did it. So yeah, you should do it too. On your honeymoon. Jump on that fan wagon. Hell yeah. On our honeymoon, indeed. All right. Uh, so. Oh, yeah. that's, wait, what do we think about this? I enjoy it. I actually do, too. And I do think, I mean, we talked a bit about the flavors before and the color. And, like, it's really, it is actually a really, I'd say a, a good bargain for, especially for the price that you pay for it. But yeah, no. I think it's a good Merlot. It's a good Merlot. I, I would get it again. I've been looking at this bottle in my collection for quite some time now, wanting to open it. Um, so I'm happy we did. And. Yeah, I like it a lot. I'm going to have to um, try some other... I'm going to adventure. Yeah. And try some other Merlots. I, I ha, like I said, I have to be honest. I have not really ventured much in the Merlot world, but yeah. I think this is this is intriguing me into wanting to know more and to, to taste more. Yeah, I'm curious, too, like, if you... What your thoughts would be for, like, a pure 100% Merlot versus this blend. Yeah. Because the, the Cabin Syrah, like, definitely sort of round out like what you're getting on it but um like the cab probably brings in could bring in more tannins than like I'm the a huge tannins cab that we're fan. tasting yeah. so you know I that could you know sort of cuz we we're actually not sure like out of the 23% that's cab Syrah, like we don't know like the individual I think it's Malbec Oh shoot you're right it's Malbec oh. Wait, is it Malbec and Syrah? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, I've been talking about cab. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even multiple glasses in, guys. Like, this is a, this is a day. <laughs> well, on that note. Day drinking at its finest. Day drinking. It's a beautiful day here in Milwaukee, it's Wisconsin. It's gorgeous. So. It's gorgeous. On that note, everyone. Cheers. Pass cheers. the wine, bitches. Pass the wine, or the Merlot in this case. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpchairs.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at dbpchairs or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments, and fun wine or topic ideas to dbpchairs at gmail.com. Until next time. Cheers Cheers from from the the girls of DBP. DBP.